Nab stepping up to the let's sucker punch Jacko in the gonads tonight plate. If if that's a thing. <laughs> the uh, the punch in the nuts is yeah, safe. Exactly. But, uh, that's not what punches in what, the nuts what, are made yeah. for. Yeah. What, what is a tone for punching the nuts anyway? Oofa, uh, I believe. No, oofa is that hurts. Yeah. Enough. So that was Oofa's close. Enough. Yeah. In a tone. They show. They just show the highlights of the Glenn Maxwell no-show leave the other night, which was just gold. Anytime I'm prompted to, to send Dan two text messages about a dismissal, you know, it's pretty special. Indeed. And you know that Glenn Maxwell is almost certainly involved. Yeah. <laughs> Cue up the, uh, the Marilyn Manson clip. <laughs> Look, this NAB ad, two years ago... We would have jumped all over this. Well, we're going to jump all over it now because it fucking pisses me off. Quite honestly, in what strange alternative universe would two professionals sitting there trying to nut out an important business decision, a huge investment, decide, you know what, on the basis of some advice that we just got in another language from our waiter who may in fact have just been ambling by at the time with a bottle of wine and thought, oh, I'll pass on some of my infinite Italian wisdom here. Yeah, I can actually see us, you know, spending a few hundred thousand dollars on that acquisition on that basis. Oh, but they do like the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to um, fast forward sort of six months from then when they're being liquidated. I think they will be uh, jumping all over the Italian guy instead, wouldn't they? And just quietly nab... You know, giving the financial backing for, um, you know, companies who are using that sort of <laughs> strategic decision making yeah. as their modus operandi. Three words global financial crisis. That's what caused it. Shit like this. What's Italian for global financial crisis? I mean, global financial crisis, probably. Crisis. <laughs> Something like that. But anyway, yes. Seriously, Nab. Come on. Do you really expect us to believe? that there are people out there coming to you for a bank loan and they say, oh, yeah, we got some uh, great advice from this Italian bloke at a restaurant and he convinced us this was the right way to go. Don't need a business case. Don't need a strategic plan. (laughs) Don't need to to think about growth strategies or anything like this. Nah. All I need to worry about is the ship in the harbour. And just for the record, Uh, punching nuts in Italian is pugno in nocci. Say that again. Pugno in nocci. That's a horrible accent here. Pass it here, honestly. You're gonna give it the Italian. Pugno in nocci. So, what are your thoughts on that, Ed? <sighs> Pongo in nocci, maybe. Yeah, just awful. Nab, just enough. Well, while, while we're on ads, oh. uh, it's good to see that the, the guy, the girl for the Chivago ads, hooked up. Not that that was really any surprise, having uh, having seen the, the the longing stares between the uh, for the rape stairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's Michael. Well, I called them the Rafi stairs. He looks a lot like Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> Murder boner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, let's they, all they go. weren't allowed to scream that uh, ad in Australia. Let's all go and get the same girl pregnant or yeah, something like that. Exactly. Um, it's not quite Ronda and Katoot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you'd like to tell them where to go? Yeah, well... Yeah. And uh, another one that has failed to escape the attention of my eagle eye, the um, 
the chick from the Oviad who has to try on 77 pairs of jeans before her butt looks great, which is horseshit, because she's actually pretty easy on the eye, just as long as you keep the TV muted. Yeah. She's now making an appearance in the, uh, I think it's the Toyota ad, it must be, with the, because I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, where the red <laughs> carpet comes out and everyone's oh, running in yes, there. Yes, that was the yeah. Toyota ad. Yeah, well, check, it, check out the ad. Where at the last minute, as the uh, the dealer comes out to hand the keys to the man of the house, as you do, you know, you can't trust women with that sort of machinery. She sort of <laughs> snatches them out of his hands and then does this really just fucking weird, this like spin move with a like with this creepy. I'm wearing that 78th pair of jeans smile on her face. It's yeah, it's just a really weird, weird action. So. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you you you've got Toyota in the firing line. Uh, oh, yeah. Given right. uh, you've got the well, there's the, two other ads yeah. from them that are shit. Actually, well, you're you're a big fan of the, the Corolla ad where they're fighting for the same part. They're not spot. fighting for the spot. That's the point. The contest is over. Seriously, just pause it and look at where those two cars are positioned. The boy couldn't get into the spot if he wanted to. The chick's already got like. A third of her car into the bay. Yeah, the, the guy not being so, able to get in there, I think, is already in, yeah, the, in the exactly. Itself, Although they are suggesting he is able to get in there in future, but yeah, yeah. yeah, the thing that, that that pisses me off about that is the bow that they've drawn. To say that it's a long bow is an understatement. <sighs> I, I'm going to give you a parking spot, so... Yeah, we're going to end up getting married. Get on the mud deck. Yeah. But this whole... Oh, this is so chivalrous of me. It's like, dude, seriously, try getting in there. See how that winds up. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, I'd have a lot more time for the ad if it wound up in some sort of, yeah, huge screaming sort of road rage incident um, as the two cars sort of bounce off each other, both heading into the same spot. And then that could be something like, you'll be glad you've got Toyota Cap servicing when that bitch in the other car tries to steal your spot out the front. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, and, back to the drawing board. And, uh, and the other which, Toyota... Which ad. brings me to that fucking ad where the young girl is playing cricket and lofts the ball up in the air onto the onside and the dad soars through the air like a... Like a soaring eagle, soars like a soaring. Yeah. Anyway, I can't form sentences anymore. No. Takes a ripper catch, then happens to glance up at the missus, who gives him a disappointed look, Did and he drops the catch. And what's worse, as he picks himself up, applauds the young girl for the shot. Well, for God only knows what. Now look, this is not the way to breed the next Elise Perry. All right. If she hits it up in the air in the vicinity of a fielder, you take that catch and you let that be a lesson to her to then, be better then, next time. And then you go over and sledge her if you like Coley's style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Australia didn't get to the top of the Test Nations by fucking deliberately dropping catches and encouraging mediocrity. We got a <laughs> week. Yes! William knows what I'm talking about, you see? Don't <laughs> drop that catch. You take it and you then hurl it a thousand metres into the air and go, that's what you get for hitting it in the air, hey? William, am I right? <laughs> yes! Thank you! He knows what I'm talking about. So anyway, Toyota, lift your fucking game. Particularly coming from someone who has unashamedly said I will only ever buy Toyota Corollas. I expect better. While I'm on a bit of a 
you know, multi-tangent rant here. Well, number one, as I turned on the television for the first time this year to the BBL, my immediate reaction was simple. Ah, oh, fuck. Andy Marr's still alive. God damn it. Or Mari as he likes to be known. Mari. Mari. you got to make it sound like you're saying Murray. What do you think, Mari? One good comment I did read on uh, Big Footy about him was that they reckon... He has a face that, of a penis? No, they reckon he should um, be the spokesman for oh, Ladbrokes man. because Ladbrokes kind of rhymes with used blokes. <laughs> I like that one. Because that were like... Two minutes into his uh, ill-fated Foxtel career, th- those were the words that had uh, left his mouth. You could you could almost hear the face palm of the producer around the world as he said, "Oh well, you soccer blokes" or something like that. Either way, it was sort of five minutes into episode one, and yeah, Mari on pay TV was done and dusted. But uh, another aspect that and we we were richer for having lost him. Oh, but... Indeed. Another thing about the BBL coverage that's really pissing me off. The fucking umpire cams. Now, without fail, every single time I've been shown a replay from the umpire cam, here's what, here's what happens. It's like, all right, the bowlers let the ball go, and then something's happened at the other end of the pitch, but I can't quite make it out. Oh, hang on, the batsman's walking off here. It must have bowled him. You can't see a thing from it. Seriously. There's a reason that... When we cover the cricket, we use the, the classic camera from behind the bowler's arm rather than from the umpire's head. It's, it's shades of the whole Channel 7, um, yeah, let's use repl- uh, cameras that are so shithouse, every decision will be review complete. Umpires inconclusive. Umpires poor. With these yeah. ones, you literally, every time they go to a replay from the umpire cam, I just find myself suddenly, like, peering at the screen like a 98-year-old geriatric going, now, where, where did the ball just get... Oh, oh no, I can't, I can't make it out. A white ball it's, on a... Uh, white ball on the, the tinged pitch. On the it's pitch, not a yeah. Um, you can't see anything. It would be more, be more useful with the red ball, I would have thought. But It would be more useful if they just didn't bother with the fucking umpire cam. I mean, I know they probably paid sort of $20 million for them when back when they had the uh, AFL coverage. In fact, I believe that the head of Channel 10 made that decision after chatting to the Italian waiter at his local restaurant. So obviously there yeah, was... Oh, you know, I'm surprised you didn't buy a ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the cost to Concordia, perhaps. But... They're obviously pretty motivated to actually get some use out of them. It's the same reason Andy Mars still calling the games. But really, what, what's the point? What does it add? At the risk of really, <laughs> at the risk of yeah, lumping it in with the worst innovation in the history of televised cricket coverage, it's just a pubic hair away from nine three sixty right now. <laughs> That's a big call. Well, you, it's you sort of a nine three fifty nine. I was going to say you actually had the luxury of uh, being at work yesterday. In this context, you didn't get to hear Shane Warne, oh, James uh, Brayshaw, and uh, and uh, Michael Slater going on about the, uh, pizza verdict. Going on about pizzas for fifteen minutes. Which I was... did. Um, you know, I think I've registered my thoughts on clickbait before at the bottom of the ESPN page, but. I did actually click on one of the links today because it was, it was like something like Channel Nine, 
Channel 9 cricket coverage finds new ways to embarrass itself. So anyway, for once I did actually click on the bait. And boy was I sorry I did. Because it was a 71 second clip of Warnie Slats and JB crapping on about their preferred pizza toppings. And just, just quietly... It's one thing for them to be bullshitting on air and getting paid for it. But it is another thing altogether for you, the public of Australia, to be responding to that sort of horseshit survey. Alright? Now, there's, there's two things here. Number one, it, they're stupid for asking those questions and putting it out there on the viewer, the viewer verdict, I think it's called. But number two, come on, Australia... As a nation, I implore you, don't fucking reply to those sorts of stupid questions. Seriously. If we can leave them just sitting there going, and uh, everything's... Yes! Thank you, William! Uh, everything's still on 0% at the moment. Obviously, a bit slow on the feedback here. <laughs> they fi finally might or get the might, message. Or you might, they, you might oh. see a cut to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. They might finally get the message that, geez, we're talking a load of shit here. And just for the record, what the fuck is a dirty rotten pizza? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know. What, what I, Morty was it, crapping on about it for five minutes and I still don't know. I think uh, for um, fans of the uh, Drawn Together cartoon series, I believe in the, the first season there's a, an episode called something like Dirty Pranking or, or something like that, which basically involves the housemates just taking a huge shit on a pizza and then showing it back to the guy who delivered it. That is the only type of pizza topping that those three particular specimens should be allowed to consume from this day forth. In fact, I'll hand deliver it to the to the commentary box for them. Well, ask deliver it, perhaps. <laughs> you even prepare your own. Yeah, if that were an option on the viewer verdict, I'd get behind that. What could we call it? The I think it drawn together. It was the I didn't order a pizza with sausage. But yeah, considering that. Uh, Slats would then probably have some epic Vietnam-style flashback to the previous encounter he's had with my bowel movements. <laughs> it would be like, as the pizza being delivered, it's like, that smell. <laughs> I recognise that <laughs> smell. No, no, I smell the book. Right. I smell the book. Look at it and go. Jesus, <laughs> steamy in here. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, the second serve. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that... I mean, yeah, what, what can you say? I mean, I turned on for the pregame on Boxing Day because I had a feeling it would involve William Morris Laurie. And they had this beautiful, superbly put-together, poignant introduction from the great man himself, Sir Ritchie, with 3 minutes and 11 seconds of just talking about cricket and then cutting to WM Laurie in the box who then had a go at Richie for his poor imitations and basically just demonstrated competence. And I just sat there thinking, this is what the cricket coverage used to be like. Mm. We didn't have to sit there listening to Heels talk about targets that are defendable but also chaseable. Or his new, the new addition to the gospel according to Healy this year was David Warner in two minds here. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, yeah. How, how do you respond to that level of 
sheer and utter idiocy. What happened, Channel 9? What happened? Too many jobs for the boys. Oh, my God. Please, please, William, please. We need you to somehow outlive, outlive all the rest of them. He's the only one giving us anything now. Except Tubbs. Tubbs is actually okay. Well, actually, He's it, was, it was actually interesting. Um, Tubbs was commenting about Richie during one of the breaks, and he made comments about a note that he'd left him at Richie had left him at one stage. I think it was after Shane Warne had been had uh, got out for ninety nine. Yeah, and he'd called it a tragedy, and he said that Richie left him a note said, "Do with this whatever you will." And uh, he opened it up, and it was basically uh, Richard said to him, "You know, earthquakes, tsunamis, all of these things—they're tragedies." Uh, Ian uh, Healy is a tragedy, uh, and, I, and I mean but that. A, in... bloke, a bloke getting out for ninety-nine is just disappointing. Not according to Shane Warne. And uh, apparently, Tubbs said a few weeks later, he said the same thing when Michael Bevan got run out in a one day, <laughs> and Richie was on with him at the time, and Richie just shook his head as if to say, Gee, you're a slow learner, buddy. Not good enough, Tubbs. And uh, apparently, um, Taylor also mentioned he was talking to Ian Chappell about it, and Ian Chappell said he got the same note in 1975. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, it's time that uh, Richie, and in fact, the entire country, leave a leave a note for heels. I think mm. we Just, need more. We need more Jared Kimbers. Yes, we need more Jared Kimbers. We need more Tom Moody's. Yeah. Like there are actually good commentators out there. It's not that difficult to find. The problem is that fucking Healy retired before any of these other pricks and has somehow now ensconced himself in the commentary t- team. I mean, what, what do you reckon... What sort of, you know, job performance review do you, re- do you reckon there is? Wow. Like... Yeah. I, I... The bloke's an absolute blathering idiot. How on earth he can still have a job? I mean, every time... The cricket comes to the whacker, or the hashtag the furnace, as it is now apparently known, and Tom Moody is just sitting there, talking like a human being, commentating rings around him. I just sit there and I ask myself, now why the fuck can't we bring him in instead? Well, he does, uh, he's, he does the radio now, and he's actually really good on that too. Oh. It, well, what a surprise! Because he's so on a medium they, where you know yeah. merit actually equals the um, the three AW simulcast, which is run through six PR here in Australia, mm. is actually worth listening to. They they actually they're some pretty good commentators. They've got uh, Henry Blofeld out here. Yep. Nice. Um, uh, Greg Matthews, Dean Jones, don't yeah. they're, they're they're at the lower end of it, come but on, come on, they have Moody them. Moody Chapel, Tim Lane. Uh, John Embury, who's actually re- I've been mm. really surprised at listening to. He's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't remember who the other ones are now, but they've had at different stages through the different things. They've had a few rotating commentators, and I've actually been listening to them over over six um, WF, which yeah. is a, the ABC broadcast, which is a a big thing to, for me to say, but. But really, when the alternative is heels, you, yeah. you fucking well, MacGyver yourself a ham radio out of well, a tinfoil hat and some elastic bands, wouldn't think, you? I think the mute button 
has gotten a but, significant but see, working on. I don't want to mute it because I want to listen to it. Like I want to hear something. You can't sit there in silence and watch and, and watch the cricket. You can sort of get away with it with the football. The cricket, you know, you want to hear that that crack of willow upon leather and that sort of thing. So I don't want to have to mute the telly, but seriously, when Ian Healy's in the box, I I usually just like I can't listen to it. Literally. He's just such a stupendous moron. I do not understand how he still has a job. James Packer, my boss man. Fucking do something about it, alright? Well I think it's probably Brad McNamara you need to talk to. Oh well, look, he was Steve War's best man, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, that, well, yeah, honestly. I'm just, every every summer with Healy, I just, a little bit of me dies inside. Mm. I'm basically now, you know, I'm resorting to just hanging out for whenever Tubbs is in the box. Uh... And that's pretty much it. Seriously. Chappelle is just anecdotage non-stop. Slats is like a bloody Australian fanboy waving his pom-poms while power power chugging red cordial at the back of the box. Well, I've heard power chugging David Warner's semen. Well, that too, yeah. It's the, uh... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the scary thing is that James Brayshaw is probably the next best commentator after Tubbs right now. Yeah. Any I'll, any, I'll, any commentary I'll team that can be... make James Brayshaw look like the second best commentator in the team, that's 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 a bad team right there. There's, yeah. there's no... We're in two minds about it. It could be a good team or a bad team. That's a very bad team. Yeah, I don't mind Brayshaw doing the cricket. He, oh, but it's when he's in there with he, slats yeah, and he goes into Davey yeah. Warner and I'm just going to make he random in, vowel sounds from the box. He falls into that, no. but his, uh, his commentary during Sean Marsh's run-out was actually quite good. Yeah, and see, he actually has and a he has bit good, of cricketing pedigree. I mean, his, well, his dad once took ten wickets in an innings. He and, should also have some and, good broadcasting pedigree as well, but it doesn't seem well, to Well, not really, since when he's calling the AFL good broadcasting pedigree. Well, he's, <laughs> I'm talking about his dad. His dad used to do um, broadcasting over here in Perth as well. Oh, OK. So, and ten wickets in an innings. Well, Jeez. Yes, but look, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what else there is to say. I just think someone has to take out Ian Healy. That's all there is to it. I just want to extend on a point of yours from earlier on when you were talking about the voting yes. things. And no doubt make it more coherent and logical. No, and... I'm not exactly known for my coherence. Um, but remember, I'm talking by comparison with me. So, Fair point. You know, I, can, I can make almost anyone seem coherent and well-reasoned. <laughs> Do you know anybody who's downloaded any of the apps that they use for their fan votes? Uh, to be honest, I don't. And if I do find out that someone I know has downloaded it, then, well, let's just say I will be giving them the... Uh, First thing tomorrow, I'm going to punch Lenny in the back of the head treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this the point that I, I guess I'm trying to make is is that who is that truly representative of? Therefore, yeah. 
What point is your instrument? The, the whole um, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around doesn't make a sound. If a if a survey is um, conducted by Channel Ten and nothing yeah. but yobbos and dickheads replied, does the result matter? Oh. I mean, uh, every time something like that. Anyway, <laughs> you can relate to this because you're probably one of only about another fifteen people in Australia who have seen the TV show Sports Night. Oh, every God. time I every time I see one of these things come up, I'm reminded of the episode where Jeremy rigs the uh, the uh, the polling. That, that were a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I'm kind of thinking that the whole time. At least that result was more meaningful, though. Yeah. But yeah. No, it's um. You do have to wonder a who's responding to these no, things. What I have to wonder is who who actually came up with the idea. Of conducting this sort of horseshit, unless the only, the only, you know, possible reason behind it that I can think of is essentially that the sponsors have insisted upon the inclusion of it within the coverage, because of course it is the Combank viewer verdict. Let's let's make that absolutely. Oh, I'm of the belief that it only exists for one reason and one reason only, which is just to stop the commentators from saying stupid things. Well, reference the uh, pizza toppings clip yeah. from the other day then. So it's clearly not working. In fact, all our listeners out there, you can um, send your vote in now to Dan the Action Man on Twitter and we will pull up some sort of you know funky Excel chart summarising the outputs. What do you reckon about viewer verdict? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I must point out... It must go, are, or it should yeah, definitely I go. I was just going to point out, there are no um, positive uh, options in our survey. It's basically just the extent to which the person responsible for introducing it needs to be killed, or maimed, or merely punched in the nuts, as going back to our whole recurring theme tonight. Mm-hmm. No, it uh, it's right up there with the uh, mic'd up on the field for um, who the fuck came up with this shit and why do they continue doing it uh, um, initiatives. I mean, do you, remember, do you remember when the cricket coverage used to come up with things like the weather wall? Yeah. Um, I, I do remember where they where they actually were actually useful and actually you know added to the. The coverage and actually made it more interesting. And I do remember when silence was an important part of the coverage. I'm just letting that comment just hang in the air. Hear this? Hear this? You won't get any of this on Channel 9. I can guarantee that. Just yeah. silence is golden. Uh, I, think, uh, I think you made a comment earlier on that was off tape. When the Channel 9 commentary starts, the, if they had a theme song, it would be Skyhawk's Ego is not a dirty word. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Except for, again, the, the gold standard, William Morris Laurie, who is just so humble. And, you know, he just... He sees himself there as it's a privilege for him to be able to call the game and to bring the game into our homes. Whereas the rest of these fucktards, well, look, let's get Fat Joe onto them. The whole age of entitlement being over, well, then why the fuck are half of these guys still in the commentary box? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's right. Tony needs 
Tony would be uh, slicing them big time. Fair. Mm. I'm, st- I'm still yet to work out why they need three people in there. Anyway. Yeah. Perhaps because they're hoping that if, if you know, the, the idiocy... See, if you've got two idiots in the box, it's, it's quite noticeable. Reference the two idiots who happen to host this particular podcast. But I think it's that third, that third type of heat to use a Donaghyism. Yeah. It, it just makes it... It's more surround sound stupidity. It makes it much harder to sort of, I guess, separate out the the, the, the individual dickheads involved. Oh, the, the need for someone else to get a word in stops them from being even more stupid. <laughs> yes. It's hard to say something more stupid when you've only got ten seconds to say it, maybe. Yeah. Well, he's in two minds here. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> no. It's a bad thing. Oh! And the Hobart Hurricanes have taken a wicket. One for 37. That means that... I can't remember exactly what target they were set, but I suspect they now have to face a, a rather steep required run rate of somewhere in the high fours. It could happen. Come on. Xavier Doherty's about to come on and bowl. I am filled with hope right ask, now. Ask Chris Gale how that worked out. They're chasing 137 for the record. Jeez, that's actually a lot more than because, I thought. Because uh, Johan Chucker actually got plastered a little bit in his last over, which. So Sean Tate took three for not many, and the Chucker got hammered. My God. Strange times indeed. Well, we did mention earlier blokes with two first names Mr. Darren Sammy. The great black hope of the Hobart Hurricanes. And now Persona non grata within the West Indian <laughs> structure as well, that's I all, That's all I'm thinking. What's your take on that? Oh, look, my take on it is just seven thumbs up to Michael Holding, whose who's article on the matter... Basically, the tagline from the article on Crick Info was something along the lines of, once again, the WICB have just... Have, have just tried to cover their own incompetence and not done a very good job of it. Look, I'll tell you what my take on it is. It's actually really it's, sad It's, it's sadness. I was just going to say, it's sadness. When I think of, you know, Malcolm Marshall, the first bowler I would pick in my World Eleven. when I think R. of... R.I.P. old man. Yeah, well, he wasn't old. That was yeah. the problem. When I think of... of Gary Sobers, who when, when Bill Laurie last year during the Boxing Day test was asked who was the best you ever saw, he answered without hesitating, Gary Sobers. He did the same Absolutely. thing again a couple Gary of days Sobers. ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. He, you know, without hesitating. When I think of the master blaster himself, Sir Viv, when I think of Greenwich and Haynes, when I think of Holding and and Chogana and, and Ambrose and, and Walsh and and Lara and all these guys and, when the, I think and that Rich, Clive Lloyd yeah, the godfather yeah, of them all yeah. who managed to get them all together all working together guys from different islands and yeah. that, you know the, the three W's when I think of George Headley who was so good that rather than white being Bradman. called the Black Bradman the West Indians used to say that Bradman was the White Headley when I think about rich history and lineage of West Indian cricket Brian Charles just, Lara in uh, recent times yeah just just Even Chandipur to a away. Extent. Yeah, it's it's just depressing. And what depresses me the most is when I think of how much money 
they have just literally poured directly into the bank accounts of Robert Mugabe in trying to prop up the Zimbabwean um, structure. I just think, you know, if if 10% of that money had been redirected towards the West Indies, perhaps things could have been different. But as it stands now, they're, they're a, a pale, you know, shadow, an imitation of themselves, and it's, it's just sad. Mm. It really is quite depressing. And I can only imagine what blokes like Mikey and and the rest, I, I use Mike as an example because I know he commentates, what they must think and how they must feel about it. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine myself how I would react if the Australian test side was reduced to that that sort of a shambles. I, I, I literally, honestly do not know how I would cope with it. Yeah, but, you luckily but, weren't around for uh, the, the damage that the Rebel Tours did. Oh, but he, he, but even and that then, came I at a bad. That, that it was more that that came at a very bad time. Yeah. But. Even then, I mean, against South Africa the other day, they were bowled out twice within four sessions. Hashimamla outscored them by seven runs in the first innings and by seventy-seven runs in the second innings. I mean, they're a, a complete and utter joke, a shambles of a side. And quite frankly, if you take out Kemar Roach and, and Shiv, there's no one in there who's even remotely world-class, remotely test standard, I would have thought. Bit tough on Randon, I would have thought, but oh. he's probably the only other one, though. Yeah. No, it is... Or Marlon Samuels. Well, the problem with no. Marlon Samuels is you never know Just where... No. Fuck you, Marlon. Fuck you, Marlon. Yeah. Thanks, Wardy. It, it, yeah, it is all just all a bit too depressing. Oh, DJ's decided to jump on the uh, rant bandwagon, the rant wagon we're going to call it. So, how about it, Hoss? I'm kind of glad that Christmas is over because it means I don't have to watch that fucking Josh Thomas Optus ad anymore. Uh. Can I have a pavlova? Only if we're shoving it in your fucking face. Please like me. No, no. no. I'm not going to like you. Just but no. How did, how did this no talent guy get... I, I use the term famous loosely. I believe it's uh, due to his proximity to Sean McCarla for a few years. That's pretty much all I can, all I can see. Yeah. I mean, oh, he, and he's gay. Which, don't underestimate how much yeah, that helps. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, that's the thing. Is that I, I, I could be seen to be to be bashing him because of that. But the reality is, is that whether you're gay or not, I don't give a shit. You're not funny. Well, there's... there's if you're bashing commi- him because of that, but then there's also actually rewarding him because of that, yeah. which seems to be what the... Yeah, whatever happened, to, whatever happened to people getting jobs on merit? I remember those days. They were good days. It was a simple time, the 18th century. Yeah. <laughs> Simple times with simple people, it would seem. Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's along with the Channel 9 thing. It's just yeah, some of these exactly. people that are on TV these days, some of these people have become yeah. famous. Another one in a similar line is Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson's oh not even God. funny. She's just an annoying fat bitch. She was, she was on a TV show many, many years ago called Fat Pizza, and to put it bluntly, she was the weak link on that show. She just put the fat in Fat Pizza. And... 
somehow she's the only one who's managed to get anything out of that, which just amazes me. I believe she also, probably number one on her resume would be The Wedge. Remember The Wedge? No. On Channel 10? I'm glad I don't. Oh, how could you forget The Wedge? Oh, because I never watched it. That thing's wedged in my brain forever. I never watched it either, but just seeing the, um, you know, flicking through the ads a couple of times while it was on was enough to, yeah, lock it in my memory forever. Yeah, we don't do that type of humour very well, generally, as a country, but, yeah. No, I I think we do it reasonably well, but it's when it is actually being done by and written by intelligent, competent, funny, smart people. No. So basically, everything Rebel Wilson is not. Oh. She's rebelling so against what, competence so in the so workforce. So what you're saying is something from the DJ tree, basically. Exactly. The working dog boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just so. them, but some of the other DJ guys who branched off into other things as well. Because Comedy Inc. was on a few years ago, and a couple of the yeah, a so couple of the lesser known people were uh, were in on that, which yeah. was which was which was that that was good. a. A very passable sketch comedy program. Yeah. yeah. So look, she's she's certainly not pitch perfect, Rebel Wilson. Mm. She might be bitch perfect though. Yeah. But uh, and Josh Thomas and Optus Optus the fine. bloke with two names. Please, yeah, yeah. Do they ever trust a guy with two first names? No. That that's that's the way. Craig David. Yeah. <laughs> Larry David is perhaps the uh, honourable exception <laughs> to that rule, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, just uh, I every time I see uh, like it's it's put me off Optus forever. Not that I was ever going to go with Optus at any stage. It's a bad day for me. First, I've ripped into Toyota, the only yeah. car I drive, and now I rip into Optus, my phone provider. But now look, for me, it all stems back to the fact that Sean McAuliffe was doing a comedy program. We needed to have representatives of three generations. We had two. Let's just scrounge up whatever young guy we could find for the uh, Generation Y. And the rest is history, basically. Y, indeed. Yeah, exactly. Should be Generation Wine in his case. (laughs) Please like me. No, we do not like you. The other unfortunate thing about summer cricket is it means that I actually have to watch more commercial TV, but... Let me tell you, I am sick and tired of the Fitbit ads. Fitbit oh, gives shit you the bit. shit. Shit bit. <laughs> the whole yeah. bit's shit. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's maybe funny the first couple of times you listen to it, but the hundredth time? Yeah. You know, between overs in the cricket, oh my God, you see it and you're like, oh, not the Fitbit ad again. It is a bit annoying. Especially the you bit. That part of it. Well. Sorry, sorry what, what bit was it? <laughs> yeah. You get it once. <laughs> yeah, seriously. While you were recording, perhaps we could just play that back. <laughs> yeah. No. Upon threats from our legal team, we have been banned from ever playing that. <laughs> wow! Now never let us play that one again. <laughs> Not in a million, million years. Ah. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. it. Billy's not a fan of the Fitbit ad either. No. Whenever the U bit comes up, I'm not going to do it again, but whenever that comes up, his head. Good. His head, his head gets on the swivel. <laughs> as a, what the hell's that 
crappy noise. Yes, no, yeah. it's, it's a bit shit. That's yeah, what I'm going with. shit bit. Yeah, something's beeping in the kitchen right now to, to back us up on that. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the dishwasher's backing up our views on that. But <laughs> yes, no, just just terrible. I mean, yeah, as I say, when one Mr. Ian Healy is in the box, you look for whatever. Whatever escape you can I think that that's find, the that's probably the thing, probably isn't it? Since you're almost you're watching the action on the screen and you're listening to the ads for the <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> so <laughs> copying Fitbit, you know, yeah. every fifteen minutes is just not doing it. Yep, I believe it is. The it might be encouraging people to exercise. Maybe that's their strategy. Yeah. No, that's it. I've Get got, out of I've the got room. Run, sprint away from the television at full pelt. Yeah. So I don't have to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, no, that ad is uh, definitely the uh, commercial equivalent of a punch to the nuts. Ponyonucci, I believe it was, or some shit like that. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, to give you all an update on my uh, $50 wager on the Hobart Hurricanes, because I'm sure you're all hanging out to uh, Well, by the time... The cold hard reality is is that uh, by the time this gets up, this game will be well and truly over. Yeah, but let's be honest. You seem to forget that when we do this. Hang on, let's be honest. Do you really think that a couple of weeks from now, you know, when this gets posted on the website and our three or four listeners worldwide actually tune in, you really think anyone's going to be able to remember the result of a, a T20 match? This is always the acid test for T20s for me. Tell me who won. The, the test series in Australia last summer on the score. Now, three summers ago, five summers ago, ten summers ago. Now tell me... Uh, last summer isn't a good example because the, Perth, the, the WA team finally actually won something. But tell me who won the IPL last year, two years ago. Tell me who won the, the international T20 series six months ago in Dubai against Pakistan. Like, no one remembers these results. No one. Not no one, not no how. Although I will unfortunately remember this result every time I think of the $50 that I lost on it. <laughs> it's going to stick in my craw. So what you're saying is, is that these games are only memorable if you're betting on it. Are you sure you're not working for Tom Waterhouse? <laughs> well, I can neither confirm nor deny that claim, but let's just say, even if I was, without the... Um, well, because he doesn't know how they do it. I was going to say, without the 47-tooth smile, it... it it's losing something in translation, isn't it? He doesn't know how he does it, or or no. you you could be your you you could be finally in cahoots with your old friend Jamie Rogers. Jamie Rogers here. Yeah, haven't seen her since I uh, rolled after our <laughs> rolled over after our night of passionate love making and got Jamie Rogers here from the pillow beside me. <laughs> like, Get out now. <laughs> Yes. Um, I don't think anyone's no. seen us since then. We should actually... Uh, yeah, let's... let's <laughs> we might want to change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't mention the Jamie War. Yeah, that's right. No, look, I will... In, in closing, I will just um, mention one very, very good comment I heard about um, Tom Waterhouse. I might have said this before, but it, it is worth repeating. That when there was the whole brouhaha over him and gay and the, you know... Yeah. S- skullduggery and everything else that was going on and they had the official hearing they showed uh, some footage of him arriving at the hearing 
Now just picture Tom Waterhouse in your mind right now. No, I'd I rather not. I don't even need to say picture him smiling because how else would you picture him except for getting trampled by horses. But yeah, after they showed the clip of him actually arriving at the courthouse, um, I think it might have been McAuliffe commented, "Geez, his his smile arrived at the courthouse seven seconds before he did." <laughs> Because he had the, uh, yeah, the vintage Tommy W. Shit staring green. Yeah, you really need a, a webcam on this to, to make it happen. No. But just uh, That will never happen. Bet with me at TomWaterhouse.com. I know what punters want. And it, they want to see every single one of my teeth knocked out with one massive sucker punch. Yeah. Fuck the punch to the nuts. Let's go the punch to the canines. Odds on the Australian public will love it. <laughs> yeah, that's something you wouldn't be betting on. No. 